0: Welcome to the Vegas Gang Podcast for January 21st, 2010. Uh, This is our first show of the new year and uh, happy to be back in our respective rain-soaked abodes. Um, I'm going to go around the table and introduce the guys. Uh, Mr. Jeff Simpson. Welcome back. We missed you last time.
1: Yeah, I am. Uh, sorry. I, I'm sorry. I missed it, but, uh, glad to be back and, uh, hope everybody's new year is off to a good start.
0: Mr. Chuck monster from Vegas, What's happening, Chuck?
2: It is raining again. <laughs> yes. For me too. Um, Dr. Dave Schwartz
0: from UNLV's Center for Gaming Research. Hey, Dave. Hey, there. I am Hunter Hillegas, and I'm at RapeVegas.com. Before we get into our topics of discussion, uh, I wanted to let Chuck make a little announcement. His contest, the Trippies, um, which run over at VegasTripping.com every year, uh, are going to be announced on Saturday. Is that right, Chuck? Why don't you tell people how they can find that?
2: Yes, this Saturday at 7.11 p.m. Vegas time, we will be announcing the winners of our annual Best and Worst of Las Vegas Readers' Poll. This is the fifth year that we've done this. Uh, this year, because of the economy and various other things, we kind of went a little low-key on this. We didn't go as uh, hog-wild crazy. Uh, we're a little bit later in the schedule than we normally would because of ARIA opening and a bunch of other things uh things forced us to have to push this further into uh, January. But we will be doing the full uh the full webcast uh with a chat room and all sorts of stuff and uh Mikey will be in the house co hosting the show for the first time uh with me and it is going to be bona fide the greatest night of your life other than maybe the first time you ever uh uh got some. <laughs>
0: All right. Can I take that to the bank? Good. Bank it. Bank um, it, man. Bank it. So so people can just go to VegasTripping.com, and, and that's where you'll be directing folks as far as where to go?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. There will be a very prominent link on the homepage on the day of the show pointing to the webcast location.
0: Fantastic. I'm happy that I can uh, pre-announce um, a winner right now, um, the winner for uh, best uh, – Best best of poll I think goes to VegasTripping.com. So uh, yeah,
2: um, thank you, thank you.
0: Um, yeah, no.
2: So, we uh, <laughs> we beat the RJ by a yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> by a mile, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So listeners definitely check that out. It's a lot of fun. Um, that's Saturday, 7:11 p.m. at VegasTripping.com. Um, The other thing I wanted to uh, announce or talk about real briefly is um, this trivia idea. So for those that aren't aware, uh, I posted a posting on my blog about a week and a half ago um, soliciting trivia questions for this show. And it works uh, a little like this. I'm going to um, read one of the questions that was submitted by a listener. Um, I'm going to read it right now at the top of the show. Uh, and then we will revisit it at the end of the show. I'll ask the question again, and um, Jeff, Dave, and Chuck will have an opportunity to answer. They, uh, you know, whoever, if anyone has the answer, or in the case of this question, answers, uh, they can shout it out. They can work together, whatever. We'll, we'll uh, see how that goes. If they can't answer the question, then the uh, the uh, person that submitted it will get an Amazon.com gift card that I will send them. So. Um, we got a bunch of great questions. Some of them were insanely hard, and some of them were um, sort of just uh, more middle of the road. We, for uh, the future, um, I'm probably not going to pick questions that no reasonable person would know the answer to. Um, the, these guys are, while they're going to have the course of the show to think about the answer, I've asked them not to you know, go looking it up on Google and uh, we're going to trust them and believe that they are following the rules. So if it's a question, you know, like how many uh, piece, grains of sand are on the beach at Lake Mead, I mean, that you know, I'm not going to ask that question. That's just not fair.
1: So, um, 800 billion, 241 billion. <laughs> oh,
0: damn. <laughs> <laughs> you were close. You're off by three or four. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we'll continue to accept the questions. You can email them to, um, editor at ratevegas.com and I'll put that in the show notes. But, um, so here we go. This is the first, uh, the first question in the Vegas Gang Trivia Contest. And, um, this, uh, so I'm gonna ask the question and then we'll do our regular show and then at the end we will come back and see if these guys have an answer. Um, this is submitted by listener Matt. And it's a question about how Las Vegas is portrayed in fiction. So he uh, wants, I have names on some fictional Las Vegas hotel casinos, um, and the object of the question will be to determine where they came from. And he provided nine of them. I'm not going to use all nine, but uh, there are some easy ones and some hard ones. So I'm going to read these off, um, and then uh, the idea is to, you know, tell me what, Uh, where where they came from, and we'll do the answer at the end of the show. So here are the fictional Las Vegas Hotel casinos. You can uh, try and figure out where they come from. So we have the Montecito, the Tangiers, the White House, the Shangri-La, the Zuko's Circus, and the Clown's Pocket.
1: What was Uh, the one... the, the one before the uh, go ahead.
0: I'll read them again. Okay. Uh, the Montecito, the Tangiers, the, uh, the White House, the Shangri La, the Zuko's Circus, and the Clown's Pocket. So those are fictional hotel casinos. Uh, We will come back at the end of the show and see if you guys can uh, correctly name where they came from. Um, So thank you, Matt, for submitting that, and we'll see how they do. So let's see. Let's get into some of this news. I think maybe we'll start off with the most recent story, which is Fontainebleau. Um, It appears that billionaire financier Carl Icahn has won his bid to take over the troubled Las Vegas Strip property. Um, so, you know, the questions are uh, – it, it, it's sounding like he was basically the only legitimate qualified bidder um, of, the, of the folks that had expressed interest over the last uh, weeks and months. Um, so it sounds like it's going to go to him without, without the auction that they had proposed. Uh, so, what, what does Icon do here? What um, what should we expect? Is construction going to start again? Um, what has he said? What do what are our our guesses as far as how that's going to go? Jeff, uh, I'll start with you, um, since we didn't get your 411 on the Platinum Blue last time.
1: Well, I think that you know clearly he is a guy who, uh, you know, is not um, pressured by some of the financial um, realities that you know would that affect other operators in the business he uh has his own um you know barrel of cash and i think that icon has the freedom to sit on the property for a while and just say well i've spent 200 million and i don't need to earn any you know make money with it right away um you know the opportunity cost of 200 million plus whatever the you know the uh carrying costs will be um just aren't that significant to him so you know he could certainly wait a year two years um i i sat down with him um boy almost 10 years ago uh when when he um he was expanding the stratosphere and was uh he at the time he thought a lot of places in las vegas were uh Um, debt constrained and and if the economy turned bad uh, might be on the market and he said at the time he was looking you know and would buy a property if it was available on the cheap and uh, um, he did he bought Arizona Charlie's on Boulder Highway and uh, eventually sold them for boy almost a billion dollars profit including the stratosphere Um, but he but the 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 last decade wasn't really the time for him to buy a bunch of properties on the strip or anywhere else. Well, this decade, um, and and right at the end of the last, he bought um, you know the non- Tropicana Las Vegas parts of Tropicana Entertainment and then separately bought um, the Tropicana Atlantic City. And uh, you know he's made some very shrewd buys at an exception at exceptionally attractive prices. Um, I think the Fontainebleau could prove to be the same. He won't be pressured to build right away. My guess is that he won't. Um, it probably makes most sense for him to just watch and see what happens. Um, you know, he is he's never really been a guy who's, I don't think he's, um would be scared to compete at the high end, but he's smart enough to survey the market. And there's an awful lot of competition at the high end, probably not, You know, it would cost a lot more to finish the project so that he could compete at the high end. So he's likely to finish Fontainebleau at at a time of his choosing, let's say when the other projects, Cosmopolitan, is opened. And, um, you know, when he gets a chance to sort of see how the dust is settled, um, if the economy turns around, he can come in, open it up at a, you know, as a place that would maybe compete with the, the MGM Grands, the Mirages, the Mandalay Bays, um, the Parises, those kind of you know, those kind of places. There's going to be um, you know, those places right now are sort of under uh competitive pressure from the top places. But um, you know, I, I would see Icon taking his time and eventually opening the place as a middle you know, sort of a middle to high middle to high end type of property. Um and uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure he'll do very well for his investment
0: you know it it's interesting because i you know it definitely seems like uh his plans for the property are um you know he's he, he's reducing um he's lowering the level of market he wants to compete in it is what it sounds like but he's not going to be going after the very high end like you had mentioned um chuck what what do you think i mean i remember Posting rendering, or I think you posted some renderings of uh, Fontainebleau's proposed casino mo- many months ago now. Um, and I, if I recall correctly, you know, something that you were excited about the look. Uh, what do you, I mean, knowing that ICON probably is going to shoot for something a little bit lower end than what was proposed, how do you feel about the Fontainebleau project at this point?
2: You know, I was thinking about that exact thing just yesterday. And, uh, <laughs> It, 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 my first thought was, this is going to be a fun game. When this when this place opens, we'll get to uh, uh, those of us who are real uh, Polish aficionados. We'll get to see where they use the uh, the turtle wax and where they use the carnuba. You know, uh, but, uh, what 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 stuff is falling apart and what stuff is you know has been uh, you know built fresh. And I think I think Icon's major problem right now is really just to. Uh, to put the cap on that thing, really, just to, to, to stem whatever damage might be uh, happening to the interiors that are already uh, being completed, uh, that, to me, would probably be the, the smart thing for him to do. Uh, and then figure out where he wants to position a resort and finish it after that fact. But, you know, I, in terms of the, the interior renderings, I'd say most of the debts are probably off. We're going to see some Frankensteining. Uh, you know, I I don't know, man. I'm just – I'm unsure about the vision. You know, since the people who had the vision are out of the equation, will right. Carl Icahn be willing to pony up the cash to complete somebody else's dream? I, I doubt it.
0: So I, I'd say, Dave, Dave, as a historian, I think you're probably best suited to predict the future. Um, when do you think that uh, the Blue will open, if ever? <laughs>
3: I think it all depends on how everyone does this year. You know, whether travel bounces back. If it does, you'll see room rates go up, and then it's going to make a lot more sense to start investing more money in opening your rooms. If it doesn't, it could sit for a while. So I think that's kind of where it goes. And I also have a couple thoughts about whether he would make changes. Even if Carl Icahn had the same design sensibilities as Glenn Schaefer, I don't see why he would pay to – buy a building and then finish it with Glenn Schaefer's vision. So I think what we finally see is going to be something way different from what was planned. I think uh,
1: I, think uh, I would, I would totally agree with Dave. I, I also think that we shouldn't, one thing is that, that um, when we talk about high end, medium end, low end on the strip, you know, the low end, when we talk about the Rivieras and, you know, the stratospheres, the Saharas, Tropicana, um, those kind of places, um, there, those places sweat the money in the casino. They don't put money into, or much money, into renovating the room product and the restaurants will be, you know, won't be fresh to say the least. Um, entertainment is likely to be pretty, uh, pretty poor. Um, you know, opening a new property like this, it's sort of tough to come out of the box with a project that would be low end. So I just don't see that being possible. But in the casino. When he had the stratosphere, he had an appetite for big betting. Now it's not a property that had the the amenities that would lure big players to get comps. Um, but for folks who wanted to play the biggest possible bets. Now Caesars takes, you know, fifty thousand straight and we'll take, you know, bigger bets than that, you know, if if you know, for certain customers, the stratosphere did the same. The stratosphere was taking as big a bets. As anyone in town, they were willing to. It's just that the big players didn't really have you know much of an appetite for you know winning you know free nights at the Stratosphere or free, you know RFB at the Stratosphere isn't really a great great deal. But but Icon understands that a one percent or two percent house edge is a big thing, and uh, you know you can make a lot of money you know doing that. And so Icon is pretty smart. And so I, you know, I I wouldn't sell him short. I, I'm sure he is going to do something different than Glenn Schaefer wanted to do, but you know, with a project that want if he wants to open you know a place that's going to compete in that middle sector, I don't think he can outfit the rooms like the Motel Six. You know, he's going to have to you know put you know pla- you know uh, you know LED or LCD or you know some kind of good TVs in there gonna to have to have, you know, reasonably good, you know, bathrooms and so, you know, I wouldn't expect it to open up as some kind of a you know, you know, crappy place. So I, I think we should, you know, expect it to be pretty darn nice, just not, you know, win encore Bellagio Aria quality.
0: Yeah, I mean I think, you know, it's easy to forget sort of the scale Uh, that we judge these properties by and when you, especially when you compare that to other cities uh, where, you know, you would find um, a, you know, whatever the, if the Fontainebleau ends up being sort of what I'm imagining, even what we might call a middle end hotel on the strip. I mean, that would be a pretty nice room in a lot of other parts of the country or overseas. So, you know, it's, I'm sure it's definitely won't be something to sneeze at. Uh, What's, it seems unfortunate though it doesn't it doesn't seem like his neighborhood is going to improve much in the meantime filled with uh... you know those high end neighbors but uh... you know we'll have to see what happens but yeah you know uh... glad to see uh... something happening on that uh... on that project and hopefully um we'll get some people working there sooner than later i know that uh... i'm sure the construction trades in nevada would definitely welcome it as well um all right so let's see um one of the other things i wanted to talk about was planet hollywood and we're talking about another change of control um harris entertainment uh took a another concrete step um in uh in moving to take over the property, it's my understanding that they're now operating the hotel portion of the uh, operation. Uh, they, the gaming still hasn't been transferred over, but uh, they're definitely moving full speed ahead. Um, you know, this, as I think we've said before, this pretty much seems like a, a done deal. Um, what kind of changes should we expect at Planet Hollywood? Will customers notice? Uh, Chuck and I had a little, I think, minor disagreement over. Uh, if, if Planet Hollywood is "quote unquote" s- has been successful, uh, but I think one thing we definitely agree on is that uh, def- it definitely has found its niche with a certain set of customers who are really happy with the product that they've been that, that they've been producing. Um, so, you know, what's going to change? What do you think about that, Chuck? Do you think that Harris is going to come in here and ruin the place?
2: Well, I don't know. I don't really know what – I think Harris is probably going to come in and, and over time just Harrisize the place. So, you know, people who are uh, used to their total rewards will have another option, possibly a better option uh, than where they're currently staying. Uh, you know, the, the, some of the rules on the table games are probably going to change, you know, little bits and pieces around the edges. You know, we're going to see maybe some maintenance changes, probably some entertainment changes. Uh it's 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 hard to tell. It's you know, they're gonna obviously work within within the uh the statistical models that they've been applying to all their other properties. So depending on whether or not you uh like what they do at the other properties will pretty much define whether or not you're gonna like what they do at, at Planet Hollywood. I'm not really a big fan, so
0: Yeah. Uh Jeff, is this good for the strip or is this bad for the strip?
1: Well, you know, um if if it keeps planet hollywood open it's probably good for the you know you don't want a uh, a shell and, I, and 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 there's nobody thinking that it wouldn't stay open so i guess in terms of consumers probably not good but in terms of uh and you know it, i think it's tough in this environment for planet hollywood to operate as a standalone entity um it's just uh it's just tough you don't have um that big uh, players club network um and I think that it's probably... You know, there are a lot of folks and probably a lot of folks who uh, listen to the podcast who aren't fans of Harrah's. Um I am a fan of of their total rewards system in terms of how connected it is. I don't think that they necessarily are as generous as other clubs are in terms of rewarding play. But I do think... That the network itself is better organized. MGM Mirage, um, is, you know, the casinos are much more autonomous, um, and I think that, um, you know, here, there there is the potential for um, Planet Hollywood to to improve. They really, the company has never shown a lot of stomach for saying, you know what, let's invest a third of a billion, a half a billion, and and totally remake a property, except for their flagship at Caesars, where they've just, you know, they've taken sort of a wacky, let's just add a new tower, let's keep adding nice new stuff without thoroughly remodeling the existing stuff. Um, And and it's sort of a crazy, quilt thing they have going on at Caesars. They have not invested a lot of money in Paris, certainly not in Rio, um so I wouldn't expect a lot of reinvestment in Planet Hollywood. It's a, rel- you know, it's a 10-year-old um, not quite 10-year-old property. Um so and, and and then the theater is even older than that. But um so I wouldn't expect a lot of investment in it. Um I'm not sure who would buy it, who would invest in it though. So I guess I would I would normally say it's not good or bad for the strip um but You know, I think that we probably can predict what will happen. I think uh, they're just negotiating right now, trying to figure out a way to somehow give something to the folks who um, did own the property, and then they're going to fully encompass it into the into the Harris system. They'll total rewards it, and and uh, you know, we we can certainly predict what is going to happen with the property. It's going to be slotted in behind. Paris ahead of Rio um probably a little ahead of Flamingo and and uh, Harris and uh certainly ahead of Imperial Palace so it'll be their third property in Las Vegas and uh you know it'll be a Harris joint
0: I wonder um you know does this does them taking over this property does this have any impact on potential redevelopment plans for, you know, Bally's? I mean, for a long time, they really wanted the Barbary Coast to be able to have a contiguous land. I mean, they're adding another property that is contiguous with the rest of their stuff. Does this have any impact on, you know, maybe seeing a Bally's to horseshoe transformation, or is that entirely based on the economy?
1: Well, the I mean, you know, there nobody's looking to throw a billion or two – into the strip right now. I mean, you know, they could have, you know, three or four years ago, you know, there were people would have been bankers lining up to finance something like that. Um, now, um, you know, they would, people would line up to laugh at a proposal like that. Um, so there's, there's no way that they could do it right now. Um, unless that, you know, Loveman could convince, you know, Texas and Apollo that they, uh, that, that, that that makes sense. And I think in this environment, nobody would think it makes sense. So um, I think that those kind of intensive redevelopment efforts are off the table. Harris had already bought some of that land along Koval behind um, Planet Hollywood. Um, they, they own that huge stretch anyway. And this would just extend, you know, they'd own all the way from Harmon up to the Venetian, um I mean it was it's 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 a pretty you know from Koval to Las Vegas Boulevard plus the Caesar's Palace plot across the street I mean it's just an incredible adjacent piece of land um but you know everything is dependent on the economy and on Las Vegas turning around they
2: should they
0: should Tear down all of their casinos, and, and MGM had City Center. And they could have Harrah's uh, State Center. You know, make it even bigger just the entire piece of land. It'd be great. It'd be awesome. Um, Dave, I wanted to ask you: uh, is that is that piece of land cursed? Um, a lot of people have had <laughs> operating places there.
3: Well, you've got to wonder. You know, certainly going back to the, the, the old Tally Ho and all that, and the original Aladdin, which was dogged with problems from the time it opened including being closed by the state briefly around 1980 or so for skimming and that kind of thing to the new incarnation, which never seemed to get off, you know, never really seemed to get out of the blocks. And then the rebirth is playing at Hollywood, you know, while it has been popular in a lot of ways, I think you can argue as to whether it's been successful. If it had been, you know, successful, you might've seen op biz buying Harris bonds and trying to make a move on one of their properties. So yeah, I know I, I don't see too much evidence to the contrary. You know, I'm not saying it is cursed, but there's not really too much evidence that could argue against that.
0: People on the blog were wondering if there was maybe an Indian burial burial ground that you were going to find underneath the theater or something. I mean, it just seems like everyone that's tried to do something there has run into a lot of trouble.
3: Yeah, maybe it's Jimmy Hoffa or something. I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's where he is. Well, you know, it, it sounds like this deal is rolling forward. I don't think anybody uh, would argue that. Um, you know, eventually we'll see them uh, wrap it up and uh, process the gaming control side, and then it'll just be Hera's uh, Planet Hollywood. And, you know, supposedly uh, the they are going to utilize uh, some of the current management. I know, I think, I believe Robert Earl, the current CEO, had said he would stay involved. I don't know if he specified exactly what his role would be, but. Um, it sounds like he's going to re- remain involved in the project, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll just we'll see what happens as it, as it moves forward. Um, one of the next things I wanted to talk about was the, everyone's favorite topic, which is resort fees. Um, because in the past couple of weeks, we actually saw, again, Harrah's, um come out really uh, forcefully against them. Now, uh, you know, many properties in Las Vegas have gone to charging an extra resort fee on top of your nightly room uh, room rate. Um, but Harris came out uh, on its on its blog and also in the form of a press release, uh, basically um, taunting its competitors that are charging these resort fees, which I thought was interesting. I mean, there definitely uh, are other companies that don't charge a resort fee. Uh, uh, Win Resorts would be an example. Um, but as far as I can recall, there had, this, this was a very public, um, public way for them to, you know, they, they see this as a competitive advantage, and they want to make sure that customers know that Harris is not going to be charging these. Um, I thought that was interesting. Is 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 something like that common? I, I, can anybody else remember? Uh, you know, that sort of um, that sort of a policy uh, being a, being pointed out like that and used in that way. I just thought it was kind of kind of curious. Something that the customers definitely hate. I mean, I don't know anyone that likes these resort fees.
3: Well, I've done a little bit of research on this. I've got an article that should be coming out in about two weeks about them. And some customers hate them. The question is, do they hate them enough not to stay there? And, you know, you've got to think that if you've got some pretty big companies using the resort fees, they can't be seeing too much of a drop-off. You know, a station looks like they're increasing some of their resort fees with some of their properties. So if they're if customers really hated it and weren't staying there, I think you'd see a drop-off. So I don't know. You know, I I'd like to see the comparison with what's happened to air travel with the addition of the checked baggage fee which is mm-hmm. definitely, you know, it's an annoyance, but is it going to prevent you from flying? I don't know. So I I can't see how it would make people feel better about staying there, but I guess if they're going to use everything, you know, if you're going to use the gym and use the Internet, I think they're mostly a pretty good deal if right. included. If you're not, it, you really don't get too much value. Um, you
0: know, the other thing that I thought was interesting, I hadn't thought about this, but the commenters on my blog were saying there's there's – Another uh, aspect of this: A, these companies that charge them, this is this is money that Expedia isn't getting a part of if they're booking through third party, and B, the tax rate may be different on how you know compared to the room the the room tax that's charged, um, and so those two things I think are kind of interesting. I'm sure they factor into the decision making around this sort of thing. Yeah,
1: that's absolutely right, <laughs> and uh, you know that's really the that's really the nut of it. Um, these these companies, I mean, you know, they don't really care where they get the money from, but they'd rather get most of what the customer is willing to spend, um, whether it's li- you know rooms that are booked online, um, and and it low if whether it lowers their fees to Expedia. I think a big part of it is the state just recently raised the room tax another couple points, and um, you know that's when they if. if on a resort fee, there's no, there's no room tax. It's just, there is sales tax assessed on top of that. Um, but there, but, um, it's a big difference. Um, you know, it, it saves 10, you know, you can either offer 10% lower, um, resort fee or, um, you know, take 10% more in, in, uh, revenue. And so for the, the properties, um, you know it's a sensible way to get money if it's a choice of adding to the room rate or do, or adding to a or levying a resort fee i think so that's why they do it harris has made a conscious decision to say you know what let's let's use this to try and extract a competitive advantage saying that we're not going to do this not levy a resort fee um just as a you know as a way to Um, you know, set itself apart in the marketplace, Um, probably a smart marketing move. Um, You know, there have been smaller properties that have said that they, you know, we don't have a resort fee compared to, you know, station before. Um, You know, and Dr. Dave, I'm sure can, uh, you know, and I'm just doing sort of a seat of the pants um, alignment or, I mean, assessment, but I don't think we've ever had uh, a time when there's been, you know, seven or eight, properties controlled by one company and 10 properties, including, you know, multi-hotel places like City Center, not to include, not to mention their big condo hotel towers, controlled by two companies. So, you know, this may be the first stage in, you know, during during the go-go days of the end of the last decade or middle of the last decade, I should say, that, you know, the two companies had settled as the two leading operators on the Strip. The times were great; they were able to keep you know setting their own rates higher and higher and higher, even the medium and crappy properties were doing doing really well. Um, you know the rising tide lifted all boats now, when you really have to scrap and fight for these consumer dollars, um, it makes it a more competitive marketplace and you know, so I think maybe this may be the first stage in emerging in an emerging Harrah's versus um, MGM competition. Now, there are a couple other big competitors at the top end, Las Vegas, Sands, and Wynn. And so, you know, that competition is different between Caesars, the top MGM Mirage properties, Aria and Bellagio, maybe a little bit MGM Grand, and Sands and Wynn. But... But those two big companies, MGM and Harris, you know compete up and down the line, bottom end to top. and uh, you know whether it's Circus Circus versus um, Imperial Palace, all the way up to Caesar's versus the top MGM properties. So this may be just the sort of the opening round of what will be a more strident, more uh, defined, competition between these two companies saying, hey, we're better for this reason. I mean, certainly MGM can say, you know, look at our entertainment. We have this whole roster of Cirque shows. You know, Harris can say, "Ah, you know, we have Caesars Palace and the artists that they put on there. Restaurants, they can compete with, you know, MGM probably having an advantage. But I think you're likely to see more of that competition. Yeah.
0: Definitely makes good sense. I mean, guys are all uh, competing as hard as they can. But uh, I just thought it was interesting to see them come out and, uh, and really use it. I don't know how much traction it's getting, but um, it, it is definitely interesting to see them use that. I guess, you know, uh, Planet Hollywood, I will assume, will be dropping their resort fee uh, once they complete this, this acquisition, because I know that they did have one. So I would assume that they will fall under this new policy. Um, the next thing I wanted to talk about before we get back to our trivia question was um, also related to Harris. We saw a story in the Las Vegas Sun uh, about a week ago now, I think, um, about uh, Harris Corporation creating an iPhone application. Um, as many listeners know, I uh, am the author of an iPhone application called Vegasmate, which is, covers some of the same ground. The Harris app is um, – I think there's a little bit of a delta between what they uh, hope it will be and what it is now uh currently the version that you can download is um only features Caesar's Palace and uh I, I did look at it and um you know it's basically the kind of information you'd find in a brochure not a lot of uh, extra features or real deep integration with the iPhone but definitely an interesting first step but what was more interesting was um, the the quotes that were in the Sun story because it talked about uh, a future version, I assume, that um, they'll add uh, the ability to um, track users through location features and and then use that information to push them special offers. Um, that, you know, There are some technical issues there that I don't think were really covered well in the story, but assuming that they can figure out some way to pull this off, uh, inside their casino empire, uh it's interesting uh, this is an interesting use of technology, definitely something that I think uh, ha, I would say um, was inevitable. Uh, the comments on both the the blog post I did and the Sun story were also interesting though people many people said, "No way in hell am I going to let Harris track me as I walk around las Vegas um, which I thought was interesting because you know the the trade off is users give up. Some personal information, or not even identifiable information, but um, you know, information about where they are. And in return, the idea is that they get um, that they would get uh, special offers and deals they wouldn't get otherwise. Uh, but I really see this as the future. Uh, I expect um, other resorts to do the same thing, or at least something along along these lines. Um, uh, Chuck, I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, since you're, you know, definitely very active in new technology and, and using technology to bring better services to um, to Las Vegas visitors. I mean, I know you've done several sort of sub-applications within Vegas Tripping to, you know, use information you gather and let people input some preferences and it gives them some information. What do you think about this? Do you think we're going to see more of these kinds of
2: things? We're headed towards a world of minority reports Advertising. That's a fact. It's going to happen. You know, as mobile technology, whatever it is that we have in our pockets, continues to flourish, continues to grow with lighter weight, better uh, applications, better uh, devices to carry them, you know, everything is going to be custom built. Our world will be custom built and paid for by advertising. Everything that we see, everything that we do, they're gonna be talking directly to us. They're gonna say, Charles, I love your uh, Mikita, uh glasses. Perhaps you should try this other brand. You know, it's gonna happen, that's just the way it is. Whether or not it's gonna happen as, as, as deathly as Minority Report uh, in our lifetime remains to be seen. But right now I have the option of whether or not to install this application on my phone. I'm kind of of the the point at, at this stage as somebody who really follows this, where I I really don't want to have casinos on my phone, and I don't really know if I want to have them on my Facebook or in my Twitter or in my social stream. So you're as much as I love it and I enjoy it, and so it, it there comes a point where their marketing just becomes noise, and it it works against itself. I think having these kinds of applications follow you around all the time, I'm with the group of people who say there's no way in hell I'm going to let Harris know what time I have to go to the bathroom every day, you know? So it it seems a little dangerous. And I don't think that a lot of the the device manufacturers, like Apple uh, particularly, would let such technology uh, be a part of of their, uh, you know, the software development kits? It it seems a little dicey.
0: Well, I think there's definitely a fine line here, and I think, as with any new technology, um, people are figuring out uh, what is acceptable and what isn't, and there will be experimentation. Uh, But, you know, to give a... Contrasting point of view, I see um, a lot of benefits for some of these types of applications. So let me give you an example. Let's say that Bette Midler is playing tonight at Caesar's Palace. There are 100 seats that they have not sold. Um, I'm in the casino. Uh, if there was a way for the casino to, you know, efficiently say, "Hey, Hunter, you can go see Bette Midler tonight for 40% off." because we're trying to sell these last 100 seats, we know you're, you know, we know you're here. Um, I can see that uh, I can see some customers seeing that as a as a win win you know they get to see a show for less money. The casino doesn't have an empty seat um, but I, I definitely hear what you're saying as far as um, it being a fine line, and I also wonder if people are you know inherently less trustful of the operators filling that role because um, I also expect to see more private uh, companies and, and non operator affiliated companies doing same kind of thing um. To, to try and uh, bring that stuff to people. But, you know, it's interesting to see them start working on these sorts of things. I'm, on, I'm honestly a little surprised that it, it took this long. Um, I've been expecting to have – and I don't even know if I would consider them real competition, but uh, I w- I've been definitely expecting to see more um, of these kinds of things in the past year. Uh, ex- uh, Teeting up now, I guess. I ex- now I think that uh, we will do some other stuff, and it will be interesting to see the way people – uh, react to it, but also how the different companies go about it. I mean, I know personally from talking to some of the people in these jobs that it's definitely being considered at many of these companies.
1: You know, um, in, in, in 2007 I had an interview with Gary Loveman over at um, Caesars Palace, and he. this is back in the heady days of, uh, you know, right before the Takeover of the you know before they went private, uh, and he was um, he was talking about what they planned to do um, uh, in terms of that you know central Las Vegas Caesars Palace plus the big block of properties they had acquired on the Strip. They had yet to make the deal for uh, Barbary Coast, um, but he expect I think I think he was confident that they were going to get it, and. He, what you what you guys are talking about the these um, the ability to communicate the players, um, you know he wasn't looking at it as much in terms of following where you're walking and sort of you know um, keeping track of where you are. Although certainly that's something that they could do, but it was more about you know they you know they have the total reward system and they can see where you're playing. Um, if you're playing, um, people use their total rewards card often to eat, and so that they could sort of see what people are doing and use use the ability to communicate via um, you know the phone or the PDA or whatever they were calling it back then. And he said that you know that that was, that was really integral to what they were talking about was being able to sort of you know dump off excess capacity for entertainment. Um, get you know r- quickly reward people for for play by maybe giving them deals at restaurants that you know were underbooked or whatever and and so you know obviously with the uh, you know the the leapfrogs in technology over the last couple of years, the ability to do that would be heightened. I think from a consumer 's perspective, it comes down to what Chuck was talking about the reluctance to sort of allow. Them to you know sort of more closely know what you're doing. Um, I would say that they already have a pretty good idea what you're doing, um, but but in exchange for something of value, and the question is how valuable would that be? Um, I think you know I mean certainly players clubs. You know people used to be pretty darn suspicious of players clubs. You know they didn't want to be tracked. They don't you know I don't want you to have. My name, you know, it's like more proof of where I was and I'm gambling, you know, where you're gambling or whatever. But, you know, people really, they realize that if they really want to get something back for what they're losing at the machines or on the tables, they need to do that. And and so people have really, you know, bought into it by and large. And I think that, you know, as long as the rewards are good enough, um, you know, they'll they'll buy into this too. Um, I think it's you know, and, and Harris is the most marketing intensive operator. That you know, that's Loveman's, you know, what he loves, what his joy. And so they're going to be at the forefront in the industry. Now you may see some single property operators or places like Wynn or Sands, because they don't have as many places, they can leapfrog a big multi casino operator, but you know, Harris has been pretty darn Um, you know, pretty much the leader of the pack in terms of most of that technological stuff, and I'd expect that to continue.
0: Yep, I agree with you. I think we're definitely going to see more of it, and uh, it'll be interesting to just watch it unfold um, as it it comes. So I think, uh, I don't know, brave new world out there, kids. Um, Okay, I wanted to um, get back to our trivia question. So, um, as a as a reminder, I asked a question at the beginning of the show. Um, I am going to ask it again here in a minute. If the guys can answer it, then good for them. Um, if they can't, then uh, Mr. Matt uh, Mr. Matt Kay will get an Amazon gift card in the amount know, of twenty five dollars. Okay. Again, here is the question. Um, the question is about Las Vegas being portrayed in fiction. There's, these are names of some fictional Las Vegas hotel casinos. You guys have to tell me where they came from. So I'll read my list again, and then uh, if you guys have some guesses, you can uh, you can offer them. So here's the list: uh, we have the Montecito, the Tangiers, the White House, the Shangri-La, the Zuko's Circus, and the Clowns Pocket. Okay, um, I don't really have any organization here. If you guys have any guesses, um, we can. Uh, I'll see if we can knock them down.
1: I, I only know the three easiest ones. Okay. I think that Montecito is that TV show Las Vegas. Correct. Angiers is the is one of my favorite movies, uh, Casino, and Shangri-La. Another one of my favorite movies, The Cooler, but uh. uh the, I don't know the other ones, but I'm interested to hear what they are.
3: White House, I think, is Diamonds Are Forever.
1: Correct. Um,
0: Got two left, the Zuko's Circus and the Clown's Pocket. One of these I knew off the top of my head. The other one I had to check.
2: Zuko's Circus is Fear and Loathing.
0: Correct. Oh, nice. So the last one is the Clown's Pocket, and this one I had to look up. I did not know this. So if you guys don't get it, I I won't blame you. Though I will resent you forever.
2: I think it's from uh, that book by Jeff Bezos called. How to make a million
0: dollars without even. Trying. How
2: to make how to make twenty five dollar gift certificates. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: any guesses before we before we can before we concede?
1: No, I don't have one.
0: All right. Good uh, okay, <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, the Clown's Pocket is from uh, a video game called Grand Theft Auto. It is their... Never- <laughs> so that was one of the harder ones. Um, there actually were two more on his list that I didn't include. Uh, one, because I couldn't quite get the sourcing right, and I didn't hear back from him in time. Maybe you guys know these. If you do, I'd be interested. One was called The Galaxy Hotel, and the only thing I could find was a book called The Drooper Man Tapes or something like that, which I had never heard of. Um, never heard of. I don't know. Yeah. The other one was the Colorado and I couldn't figure out what that was a reference to. And he can see it, he said it was a hard one. I don't know what that was. I couldn't find it in any in any sense. So if anyone knows what the Colorado uh fictional Las Vegas casino, where it would, where it came from, I'm gonna ask Matt to uh to fill me in on that one. Um but um okay guys, it was a solid effort. Um uh, we'll, we'll try this again next time. Uh, hopefully, I don't become infinitely poorer with every episode of the show. But um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a good time. It was worth the it was worth an experiment, and I think you guys did a pretty good job. You only missed one, and it was, like I said, pretty hard. So uh, I don't. You uh, shouldn't feel bad. Um, all right. So thank you again to Matt for sending that in. Um, we have uh, some other questions I didn't use that maybe we'll use on upcoming episodes. But um, also, if you have a question of your own, please feel free to send it in uh, via email to editor at um, So that's going to be it for today. I want to thank everyone for being here. Um, I'm going to go around the table, and people, you can tell people where they can find you if you want to be found. Uh, Dr. Dave, where can people track you down?
3: i'm at gaming.unlv.edu and com.
0: mr jeff simpson are you in stealth mode or are we going to find out what you're doing next
1: i'm uh, i'm not in stealth mode i'm available by email at SimpsonLasVegas at yahoo.com or google.com or many other uh, <laughs> um, many other email host sites but uh and uh and expect to be uh, announcing something uh bigger than that shortly
0: so you're hanging out in the clown's pocket i assume
1: Abs- well, Zuko Circus 86 uh, would me, so uh, yeah, I've had to uh, I've had to move my operation down to uh, the clown's pocket. Zuko Circus 86 would me for uh, partaking in some of the same activities Hunter Thompson was doing. So, uh,
0: well, you know, that was bound to happen.
1: <laughs> my uh, my ashtray full of uh, pharmaceuticals. Mr. Chuck S. Monster,
0: where can people find you? All right. Yeah.
2: Uh. (laughs) I'm with Jeff.
0: All right. Um, Apparently.
2: Oh Uh,
0: wow. Um, Send an ambulance to Chuck's house, apparently. Um, Oh, I just got an email back from Matt Kaplan. So apparently the Colorado is from the short-lived ESPN drama, uh, tilt. I, which I actually do remember uh-huh. that show. Oh. Yeah. Um, and the Galaxy Hotel, I was wrong. It's from Mars Attacks. Uh, which is that's what they called the landmark in the movie. So, those were the two I didn't include. I thought they were uh, a little bit too hard, but um, those were interesting. So, 2005 ESPN drama Tilt. I remember that show. It was awful, but uh, <laughs> was. that's where that's where uh, it came from. Um, all right, guys, have a fantastic weekend. Thank you so much, and
2: we'll talk again soon.